So, you know, you get like your D, Detroit, Rock City, and then jump back to back. It was, it was real great. Oh, cool. A song about a guy killing himself, and then a song about a guy killing himself. <laughs> can't, can't clarify this enough. Lock your grandparents in the basement. You are not prepared. Then you couldn't look. There was no internet to look the shit up on. Everyone loves Dick. Are uh, you Dick Grayson. Dick <laughs> what? Did we just become best friends? Yep. So uh, I, I was uh, I was playing Rainbow Six earlier today, right? Oh, were you? I was. Uh, it's been my thing as of late. Just get back into it. Uh, and I messaged all you guys about this, and it made me feel like such a. <laughs> I don't know, it's been out for five years, but (laughs) (laughs) let me defend myself before I I say the next thing. Um, So it's been out for almost five years, and in total, according to the thingy, I have about 15 days worth of uh, time put into it. Wow. Yeah, so almost almost a full month in five years. That is a lot of time. Yeah, baby, let's look at it for... Perspective. Uh, like, Jared, it's it's Jared, over the course of five years. Question: What's what's your rank? <laughs> what are you ranked? Uh, over one forty, I think. Mm. I think. Now, for those who have no idea what that means, is that good or bad? Uh, I mean, I'm not really good. I just play a lot. Mm. I have my moments, so I win more than I lose. Huh. Well, that's always good. Yeah, I'm so good. Welcome, 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 everyone. Anthony, what day is it? Uh, today is June first. That's right, hurray! Uh, so we don't record on the day that it is our actual uh, one year anniversary this year. So <laughs> it happens. Not it, it exactly the same. Yeah, that's true. If only every year was exactly the same and time, a man-made construct wasn't so confusing. Anyway, uh, so... (laughs) Time is a false construct. Deer don't understand it. (laughs) So... If deer don't understand, it's not real. Uh, so, welcome to What an Oddcast. I'm Jared Benikheim. (laughs) With me as always, Anthony Denny. Hello. And, uh, thank you all for being with us for one year. Woohoo! Yeah. And if you're yeah. just tuning in, congratulations. You just tuned into a bunch of chaos. You missed a really rough start, I'll tell you that much. Hey, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. Started from the bottom, now we're here. So today. <laughs> <laughs> Started from the bottom, now we're here. Uh, that one's for you, Johnny O. Uh, so today we're going to be talking, we're going to be starting on Pantera, uh, which, Anthony, do you know anything about Pantera? Well, of course I know a lot about Pantera. They were, they were an American heavy metal band from Arlington, Texas. I love how he's just reading off the top <laughs> of a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> what? They don't have like thing about the known lineup uh, consisted uh, of the uh, Abbott uh, brothers, drummer Vinnie Paul, and guitarist. Uh, Darryl, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You son of a bitch. Uh, so yeah, we're going to start down Pantera. Uh, we're going to try to put it into three parts. Uh, but mind you, the middle part of this gets very confusing, and there's a lot of moving pieces that go into it. Uh, so the middle may turn into a two-parter. may turn into a four. Uh, but we're going to try to keep it into three digestible things for you all. Uh, and today yeah. we're going to start off in the beginning. Uh, you know, in the 80s, they were glam metal, hair metal. <laughs> uh, you may know other things in this genre as Twisted Sister, 
or Van Halen or Poison. Well, Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot, yeah. Bon Jovi. Uh, indeed. Bon Jovi actually gets brought up towards the end. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jared, have a question. Yes. What has five arms and oh. sucks? I don't know what. Uh, Pantera. I'm no, sorry. I'm, damn it. What? Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Ah, I fucked that up. I'm I'm gonna murder you. I'm I'm gonna reach through my TV screen. Okay, let me, let me try this again. Let me try this again. Let me try this again. Restart. Okay, Jared. What has nine arms and sucks? What? Def Leppard. Ah, <laughs> let's give a round of applause. Round of applause to that. Sorry. Very terrible s- joke. <laughs> I was going to say the joke, and I had Pantera on my screen, so my brain went to Pantera, not Def Leppard. For those of you who don't know how terrible that just was, the Def Leppard drummer is missing an arm. <laughs> That's fucking awful. Yeah. That's so Uh, yeah, we're going to hell. We just started our one year, Anthony. We just started one year. <laughs> this is why I wanted to say the joke before. <laughs> All right, Chad, why don't you take us away? Okay, so getting into it here. So first up, Pantera. Obviously, as Anthony put it, they're a metal band that came out of Texas in the night. We know them as coming out in the nineties, uh, and basically changing the way metal was going to be from then on. Like, in the 90s, the time they came out, like, grunge would, was starting to take off, like, the punk scene kind of thing was... Like, regular punk was kind of dying off. I mean, it was still there, but by the time Cowboys from Hell came out, like, you had the grunge scene starting to come in that was, like, that post-punky era, and metal was in a weird time because, like, Metallica was doing... You know, they had a couple albums before then, but then they started to change, and... It was a confusing time, uh, but in 1990. <laughs> 1990, four years before we were born. Uh, yeah, way to, way to put it out there for the ladies. How you doing? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, so Cowboys from 30. Hell came. <laughs> so Cowboys from Hell came and changed everything. But before that, uh, you know, everybody has a beginning. And I'm just going to choose to quote Vinny and the rest of the band uh, when they were asked about the early days. Uh, <clears throat> hey man, everybody's got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, are we? Do we? Do we think it was great? Uh, hell no, man. But uh, hey, everybody's got to start somewhere and get to where you are. That was Rex Brown. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so first up, the original members were Vinnie Paul Abbott and Daryl Lance Abbott, uh, who were both in the music life from an early age. Uh, mainly because their father, Jerry Abbott, was a country music songwriter and producer in Abilene, Texas. Uh, so wait, 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 what, Jerry, what I'm hearing, without country, we wouldn't have Pantera. <sighs> Say it. I want you to hear it. It's <laughs> <laughs> as good as you're going to get Anthony <laughs> <this> shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, his their parents got a divorce at a young age uh, and they ended up living uh, with their mother uh, but their father had always uh, encouraged the boys to pursue their musical ide- uh, desires and ideals growing up uh, which is actually at age 12 uh, Vinny started playing tuba in the school band uh, but then it, 
<laughs> yeah, but then at 14, his father uh, bought him his first drum kit, saying, <clears throat> There are no career prospects for a tuba player. And uh, Vinny absolutely loved his drum set. Uh, so he uh, he would practice from the time he got home from school until, uh, as he put it, the cops. Uh, <clears throat> the neighbors would call the neighbors would call the cops uh, because of all the noise he was producing. So he was playing like late into the night. Didn't give a fuck. He was like dead set on it. Uh, and some of his biggest inspirations were Kiss. Uh, he, uh, him ah. and uh, yeah, him and Dimebag absolutely fucking loved Kiss. Uh-huh. Um, question. All right, Jared. Uh, what's your favorite? Do Kiss they want to rock you all night? What? What's your favorite Kiss song? <laughs> um, Love Gun. Love Gun. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not huge into Kiss. There, there's a couple songs here and there that I think are all right. Uh, but normally it's because I hear a cover by somebody that I do listen to, and I'm like, oh, okay. But like uh, original Kiss, uh, just not my not my thing. Detroit Rock City, that one's a fun one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Pablo Marcop. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pablo Cop. Uh, so yeah, so he, uh, you know, obviously Vinny starts playing on the drums all the time, uh, keeps practicing and practicing, and, uh, at this point, his younger brother, Daryl, uh, who, uh, you know, Daryl Lance Abbott, we mentioned there, uh, he always looked up with, to his brother, and they'd always end up fighting over who was gonna use the drums. Like, you know, the com- <laughs> common sibling, like, sibling rivalry, right? Oh, like, of course. Big brother's got the new drums, he's doing a lot with it, little brother yeah. wants a piece of that. <laughs> And if he doesn't share it, he'll rub his balls all over it. <laughs> Did you rub your balls in my drum set? Yeah. No. No. No, I didn't. Prove it. Prove it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, he'd get so mad that I wouldn't let him on the drums. Uh, so eventually my dad got tired of hearing him complain and bitch. And bought him his guitar, uh, but honestly, he was just mad that I was better than him. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's sibling uh, love right there. It, it really is. Uh, well, so, you know, Daryl gets the guitar, uh, and his first guitar actually being a Les Paul uh, Hondo, uh, and he didn't know how to play the thing. Uh, he would just put on uh, Ace Freely Kiss makeup and stand in front of the mirror, and he'd listen to his music and, like, Basically, air guitar with the real guitar in front of the mirror. Oh my god, he's a dork like everyone else. <laughs> I love that. Everyone, everyone can relate to that. Uh oh, most definitely. Yeah, Vinny didn't uh, like. Vinny was out there playing the drums, and then he comes and sees his brother Daryl just in his room, just headbanging, <laughs> doing his thing. <laughs> uh, and he liked uh, Judas Priest, uh, Kiss, Black Sabbath, Van Halen. Uh, but uh, Vinny said he'd end up walking by his room, and he'd go, I'd walk by his room, and I'd see him jamming out in front of his mirror, so I'd ask him, like, hey, uh, you ever going to learn how to play that thing so we can actually jam together? Uh, so eventually, <clears throat> what ends up happening, <laughs> you know, uh, Daryl takes that to heart, because, you know, as I said, he looks up to his older brother. So having your older brother be like, hey, you're going to learn how to play the fucking thing? Like, I want to play with you, but I can't play with you if that's what you're doing. <laughs> but you're being a twat right now, so come on. Me a try, all right. Uh, so no, so their father Jerry actually learned uh, so a few Kiss songs on the guitar, and he taught Daryl how to play them. 
up. You know, like a Beth, good father. I hear you calling. <sighs> but I, dude, he sounds like he's gonna cry in that entire song. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Would you stop shitting on music? I will never That's stop shitting on music. <laughs> I love Kiss. And I will shit on every genre. Give me a band. I'll shit on them. Go ahead. Mark Twain. Mark Twain, not a band. Uh, Dude's racist. (laughs) Wrote down the N-word. Bam. Stupid hair. Big stupid mustache. Continue. Go ahead. (laughs) I was hoping I'd catch you off guard. (laughs) You did. I'll admit. I was like thinking like, okay, who's Jared going to say? Who's a band he can say? Who's a band he can say? You're like, Mark Twain. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's right. Test me again. Test my all might again, robot. Do it. I dare you. I'll fucking reset you right here. (laughs) I mean, didn't I ask you? Uh, Anyways, please continue. I apologize for it. Welcome to Welcome to What It Cast. So a few months later, Daryl and Vinny uh, begin doing their mu- begin their musical journey in the garage. Uh, the boys would actually play "Smoke on the Water" on repeat uh, to get the hang of rhythm. Uh, which I have to say, like that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty Simple common tactic. Song. Yeah, like most people I know uh, growing up, uh, like one of the first things our dads always taught us was "Smoke on the Water" because it was it was an easy riff to know the dun 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 dun. dun, dun. And they'd play that over and over to just get the hang of how they play together. Yeah. You know that I actually have a guitar? Do you? Yeah, it doesn't have the last string on it, so I can't learn how to play it. I want you to learn how to play it without that string. <laughs> I need you to play a high E. Can't do it, mate. You Sorry. just have to do it with your mouth. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh, this is too good. So, uh, uh, what ends up happening? Uh, you know, they keep playing, uh, and Vinny says, as Vinny recalls it, we would play the rift over and over and over. And at that moment, we both knew we were gonna start a band, and we were never gonna leave each other's side that whole time we were doing it. Uh, and that's that's honestly, honestly, that's where Pantera started, right at that moment. Because Vinny and Daryl never left each other's side with anything they did musically. They and were always like, together. And much like Batman's beginning, a panther jumped through the window. <laughs> <laughs> it was a crazy thing, man. There's just a panther. He was running around the neighborhood. <laughs> he Bringing took the that poor boy Daryl out the window. But luckily, that Daryl was made out of diamond. Oh, we're not quite there yet. We're we're getting we're getting there. <clears throat> oh God. Uh, so the boys continue to play on, uh, and they search for other members while they're doing it. So a couple years pass on. They're about sixteen here. Uh, and uh, the next members were actually found. Uh, mm. they actually, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was actually people that they had gone to school with. Uh. And there are a few members that are quote unquote unofficial members because they were in the most early incarnation. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of information on them. Uh, so I choose I'm choosing to just not acknowledge it because it was literally they called themselves Gemini. <laughs> a Gemini. Our, uh, yeah. Gemini. 
Are Vinny and uh, Daryl twins? Nope, just brothers. Uh, they're two years apart. Vinny's fourteen uh, and Daryl's twelve. Named Gemini. They named it Gemini. I don't. It was a glam metal thing, man. It's got to be a name that sounds flashy. I don't know what to tell you. Do you think there was actually a person named uh, Kiss? Um, Terrible example, so moving on. <laughs> I'm sure there's a fucking reason. Uh, so, without that, uh, they do end up actually end up getting together uh, with Rex Brown, who is actually a classmate of Vinny's. Uh, they sat in Ellsbury together at Arlington, Texas High School, uh, where the boys grew up, obviously. Derp! <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> that was just for you. Uh, Derp! <laughs> so, uh, but they were also in band class together, where the two would actually get to know each other. Uh, and, you know, basically that's how th- that's how that became a thing. It's like, they're both in band, they both kind of got the feeling of how each other was. Uh, because Rex recalls, man, we'd get yelled at a lot. Stop doing that. Don't play that. We aren't doing that. It just wasn't what was in our souls, man, you know? Uh, and Rex was, uh, and Rex, uh, to put it mildly, he's an extremely talented bassist. Yes. <clears throat> no, for real, like, in high school, before he dropped out, uh, this is getting ahead of myself, because I, I don't have this in my notes, but uh, before he dropped Jeez. out to make it big <laughs> with Pantera, uh, he had actually had a scholarship to go to a college specifically for jazz and he turned it down Ooh. so he could go on tour and do Pantera man he made the right choice <laughs> uh, some might say so uh, and he does actually go to that schools and things like that and like work with kids all the time and whatnot uh, so it is something he's really good at and here's why uh, so Rex Robert Brown uh, lost his father at an early age uh, and he actually grew up with his mother and grandmother <clears throat> and his grandmother's the one that actually influenced his musical pursuits uh, she taught him piano and introduced him to ragtime and uh, artists like Scott Joplin. Uh, so that's something he grew up with, you know, like he listened to ragtime. He learned how to play the piano uh, and he really loved it. Uh, he's even stated before he loves jazz, ragtime, all that good stuff, because uh, that's just what he grew up with. Uh, and then obviously later on when he met Vinny, he ends up becoming a fan of uh, ZZ Top and Def Leppard. Uh, and that's where he starts to kind of get into the bass. Hey, Jerry, we're going on our... So yeah, that's uh, that's Rex Brown. Uh, just so everyone's aware of who he is now. So I'm aware now. <laughs> so Vinny and Daryl continued on with their jam sessions, uh, and Vinny mentions Rex and his abilities, uh, and the other people that uh, they kind of end up uh, forming a band with. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> uh, but they actually uh, at this time uh, they're about sixteen. And they invite Rex over. He has a couple beers in the garage, and they're just doing their thing. Uh, and the way they put it is, like, uh, Vinny said, like, as soon as Rex sat down and bullshitted with us, like, we just knew that he was a guy that we want to work with in the future because we just we had a great chemistry with each other. Uh, we played well together, and, you know, it was just it was a really good time. Uh, but they actually end up starting Gemini uh, with Terry Glaze, uh, who is their lead singer at that point. Uh, you also have Donnie Hart, uh and Tommy uh, were the other two unofficial members at the time. Uh, and they're kind of doing their own thing. But Daryl, you got to remember, Daryl's two years younger, and he doesn't really know how to play guitar very well. <laughs> Just strumming along. 
yeah, basically that's how Rex had put it. It's like, yeah, he wasn't very good. He just he just knew what he was doing, so he made it work, but he wasn't that great. Uh, and actually, the reason Rex ends up even becoming a part of Gemini, which is, as I said, the original incarnation, uh, is because Rex actually gets a call from Vinny to come over and jam, because uh, they're doing a couple songs, and they, they, they want a good bass player, so they get a hold of Rex. Uh, and Rex was already in another small band. Uh, he didn't really have any ties to it, but he was over at his uh, their father's studio to borrow an amp, and he gets that call, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. I mean, I was going to go jam with these guys, but I like you guys, so I'm going to come over. So he does, uh, and they have, as I said, the immediate chemistry with everyone in the band. Everyone gets along, uh, and we have our first steps towards Pantera. Uh, and the boys continue mm. doing the thing, uh, and as I said, they recruit in uh, Terry Glaze and Donnie Hart and, and uh, Tommy. Start Gemini, uh, which had Terry taking up lead guitar, Donnie on vocals, Daryl on backup rhythm guitar, Rex on bass, and of course, Vinny on drums. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, they called themselves Gemini, covering Judas Priest, Van Halen, and Kiss. Oh, so they were a cover band. They were. They were very much a cover band in those early hmm. days. Yeah, they yeah. were just covering the bands that they enjoyed. So, you know, you get, like, your D Detroit, Rock City, and then jump back-to-back. It was <laughs> Oh, cool. A song about a guy killing himself, and then a song about a guy killing himself. <laughs> you love how I did that? Do you like uh, I, I did. You're welcome. <clears throat> so, anyway, so the the they did they, November rain. <laughs> they might have. I don't know. <laughs> How terrible would that be? All right, guys, we got a killer lineup for you. We got Detroit Rock City. Then we're gonna play Jump, and we're gonna end it out on some November rain. Come on. <laughs> That's only three songs. Oh, you must not have ever heard of November Rain, then. <laughs> right, the fucking ten-minute song. And then we're just going to do In the God of the Vita, because fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just walk... <laughs> no, they just, they'll just walk off stage halfway through November Rain when everybody leaves. Uh, so... Oh, my fucking God. Uh, so they, uh, they continue doing their thing. They're just, as I said, doing covers of these bands or not anything super major. Uh, but eventually Donnie and Tommy both leave. They're just like, yeah, no, this is whatever. Yeah. Not feeling it, dog. <laughs> um, a feeling that really that the band lacked any major impact. So they left, uh, which then. Yeah. What fools. <laughs> you fools. Uh, but this actually works out for uh, their benefit because Daryl takes takes the criticism to heart because, you know, they kept telling him, like, man, you're just not good. Like, we don't see this getting very far. And, you like, fucking suck. You fucking suck, kid. Uh, so Daryl takes that to heart and actually locks himself in his room and refuses to join the rest of the band members for three months. Uh and, I, and you know, uh, as Vinny and Rex recall it, they couldn't remember exactly, but they, as they put it, they were pretty sure the Diary of a Madman by Ozzy Osbourne had come out that summer. So for three months that summer, all he did was sit in his room and practice and practice and practice while listening to Diary of a Madman, which is a fantastic fucking Ozzy album. If you like, if you have never listened to Ozzy, Diary of a Madman for sure. Oh my god! Mm. Have you? 
just listen to it now. Stop listening to us. Yeah, listen stop to listening us. to us. Go listen to a song or two of Die Urban Madman and understand where where he learned to play better guitar. Oh, anyway. So he comes back, and uh, the way Rex puts it, he's like, yeah, man, three months. That's all it took. Like, what takes most people, like, a year or more to get done, he literally got done in three months, and he came back better than ever. Uh, so he gets he comes back, he's doing great, and the lineup obvi- obviously changes. Uh, Terry ends up taking up vocals, uh, leaving Daryl on guitar to play rhythm and lead all by himself. So there's that. <laughs> like, hey, great, you're good at guitar now. You're taking up all the guitar work. I'm the new lead singer. <laughs> like, all right. Oh, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> like, <clears throat> so that that that's what ends up happening there, poor Daryl. Uh, but you know it works out. They continue doing their covers, doing their thing, playing clubs. Uh, now Anthony, yes, with their father being a music person. Uh, he gives that he tells them something, and what do you think he tells these up and coming musician sons that he has? Uh, make sure you get a good label, and never sell out, and make sure your name is in Spanish. <clears throat> you know that would be some kind of sound advice, but that's not what happens at all. <clears throat> You guys can do covers if doing fucking clubs is all you want to do. You're not going to get ahead if you don't make any original material. And Vinny and Daryl 100% agree with their father that if they ever want to get anywhere with the music thing, they have to start making their own music instead of doing covers. And so, the first incarnation of Pantera begins. Hmm. So, the boys, now age 17 and 15, uh go into their father's studio, because remember, he was a country songwriter and producer, so he had his own studio. Uh, They go in here, uh, and they start work on their very first album with their new name, Pantera, which is actually named after the studio, Pantago. Mm. I'm glad glad you brought that up, because I was curious. I thought thought, thought you might find that interesting, where it even came from. I thought it was a Spanish or Panther. Nope, nope, just uh, the studio was called Pantago, so they're like, Pantera. Sounds more metal. Uh, which is funny, because, like I said, their hair glam metal. I posted pictures pictures on our Instagram, just like the uh, big, poofy, poison-style hair. The noise I made when I saw them. Uh. <laughs> and the little scrawny one is a uh, little scrawny guy on the very end. That's Daryl. And then in the middle with the hairy chest and sunglasses, that's Vinny. Yeah, so uh, their father actually produced the first four albums that they had. Oh, that was so nice. Uh, uh, technically, he only produced the first three. Uh, the fourth one he started to, and then they got another label. Uh, we'll get into that. But he does produce their first three albums. Uh, now we're at 1983 with the release of Metal Magic! Wow, 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 wow. Uh, and before you get excited about, like, oh, yeah, Pantera, like, no. No, if you're expecting like Pantera, like the dun 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 no, that is not how this is at all. This is very much Van Halen kiss esque. This is glam metal. <laughs> These are glam metal fanboys making their own thing. Uh, they're fresh off being a cover band, uh, so it's not great. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not great. Uh, you know, I'll uh, you know, we'll play you a clip. Uh, so you know, just be aware of that. Uh, Turn your volume down just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. I don't know if you're going to want to hear it. 
I like the idea, like, they sit up, go up on stage, like, all right, we're going to play our original song, and then they accidentally just start playing, like, Master of Puppets or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, shit! Yeah, that would be great. Uh, but going in uh, going in and making this, uh, Rex actually changes his name to Rex Rocker, uh, Terry Glaze, and then Daryl, as we know him as Dimebag Daryl, and these days he went by the name... Diamond Daryl. Fucking shiny. He hurts my eyes. Uh, so, <laughs> so so it's not great, as I said. Uh, and all you listeners that just heard it, uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know how else to put it. If you didn't enjoy it, I'm sorry. That's where they started. <laughs> sorry to hurt your feelings. Well, it's kind of like Sugar Ray. You know Sugar Ray? I, I might know Sugar Ray. You know, every morning is a halo. Oh, my fucking God. They, they were in the Scooby-Doo oh. movie. Yes. You know, they, they were originally a metal band. They were originally a metal band And it's fucking crazy to me Now were they a metal band like Kid Rock was a metal band No You gotta listen to Boogie Machine Hey you be nice to Bob Boogie 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 that's something before we continue with Pantera I just want to remind everyone that Kid Rock tried to be a metalhead too like yeah no he tried to um he's a redneck (laughs) (laughs) hey you know everyone has their dreams man uh but yeah so this is just straight up glam metal completely different from what you'll end up becoming uh knowing Pantera as uh, so they continue to do shows. They start putting in their new music, uh, and they support the other artists around them: uh, Striper, Dokken, Quiet Riot. And in '84, the boys released their second self-titled album, pro- or sorry, self-owned album, I should say. Because one thing to clarify with these first three albums, and really up till their fourth, for the most part, they did it all themselves. <laughs> like, there wasn't a big label like handling marketing or anything like that. They were just straight up handing this shit out at concerts. Like, hey, buy our album. Hey, buy our album. <clears throat> so needless to say, you, until the age of the internet, these were almost fucking impossible to listen to. I mean, that's sort of what you got to do, though, right? Just put it out there. I remember working at McDonald's in Idaho. Someone was trying to fucking... I peeled off this motherfucker sticker, like, every other week. He's sticking <laughs> up on McDonald's for his Instagram and Snapchat. I'm like, motherfucker, like... You're making my job a pain in the ass. Checking my Instagram and Snapchat on my butthole. Damn it. If I would have, does have a nice butthole, though. If I would have had an Instagram, I would have looked him up. I just wanted to say, just because I wanted to see his motherfucking face so I could kill him. Well, that's understandable. Uh, so, yeah, we get uh, projects, in the co- projects in the jungle. Uh, and here they try, to, uh, they try to incorporate more melodic tones than what they were doing before. Uh, 
probably heard in the clip I just put in. <laughs> so, <clears throat> again, if you don't enjoy it, I'm very sorry. Uh, but with this, it was something new. You know, they, they were still glam metal, but they were starting to incorporate new things that weren't there before. And uh, Terry also changes his name for this out uh, at this point. Really? Yeah, Terrence Lee. Terrence Lee. Instead of Terry Glaze, he's like, nah, man, I'm Terrence Lee now. Dude, can I just change my name whenever I want? If you're famous. Cool. Or in a band, you can have a stage name. You can call me Javier Bodum. And the band makes a video for the song <laughs> All Over Tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, trying not to get wet, sexy. ladies. They were so derivative of Kiss in the fact that, like, every song that they put out were just sexual things. You know what I mean? Oh, that sounds sexual. <clears throat> yeah, ladies. Coming up next, a little Pantera hit. Hope it doesn't make the floor too wet. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> you can slip and break your neck, million dollar baby style. <laughs> we just look into the future to reference a movie that you don't even know yet. <laughs> Spoiler alert for a movie that's not even out yet. Oh, my fucking God. So, you want to hear some of the track listening with the first two albums, Anthony? I, I know you want to. to. So, Metal Magic. Let me just give you all a taste of some of the fucking things that are on this goddamn album. Uh, so we have the first track being Ride My Rocket. Oh my god, I already love it. <laughs> Another song, Tell Me If You Want It. Oh uh, yeah, gotta get consent. So that's good. <laughs> Widowmaker. Uh, that one's a lot less sexy. That's a subject of threats. <laughs> yeah, it does, right? Uh, and then the la- the last two songs, Sad Lover and Rock Out. Uh, I love Sad Lover. That one's fun. <sighs> then we get it. Uh, now that was their first album. Uh, most people already. Uh, most people have already panned it as like, yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's something. I mean, you gotta start somewhere, right? This is very true. You as they even put it, you gotta start somewhere. Uh, going into the second album, they start doing more melodic kind of things. They start incorporating and evolving their sound, uh, slowly getting it to where we'll know them for later. <clears throat> uh, starts off with All Over Tonight. Ooh. But then that's immediately followed by Out for Blood. <laughs> uh, other tracks being Only a Heartbeat Away and Taking My Life. Taking My Life. It's getting hot in here. Oh, yeah, ladies. Man, I want to take off my pants. pants. Honestly, I could not do the glam metal thing. It's a lot of tight pants, fucking poofy, over-ridiculous hair that's hot as hell, full of hairspray. You're just choking to death on hairspray. Tight pants, like tight shirts, and if you're a fat guy, like, or if you're like me and Vinny, where like you got a little bit of a gut, then you just rip what you just have, like your chest open, but then you have to make sure you have hair on your chest, and that's just your look. You know, my my least favorite thing about fucking uh, tight pants cut up circulation of your balls. I was gonna say taking them off, but that that also works. Oh well, I mean, I guess that could work too. Uh, so yeah, th- that's their their first two albums. Uh, and as I said, with the second one, they uh, they make their first video because I mean, in the '80s, there you started seeing MTV become a thing, uh, which came out of nowhere for people. Like even ZZ Top, uh, when they got approached about it, were like, "What do you mean you make videos of music? What are you talking about?" <laughs> that uh, and that make became any sense. a big thing. <clears throat> but it became a big thing, so you know they tried getting in on it. Give them kudos there. Um, and uh, as they're putting these out on their own label, Metal Magic Records. 
uh, being a self-owned label, as I said before, they didn't really send a ton of records. Uh, they, they weren't selling a ton. There wasn't a whole lot of them out there. Uh, in fact, until the internet, these songs uh, were impossible to find. Like, I, just deal, and even the ones on the internet are just like copying off of someone else having one of the older things and just being nice enough to put them out there. Uh, so you know, now now we get to 1985, and the boys released their third album, "I Am the Night." Uh, and this album actually I sees didn't... a heavier sound uh, starting to come out uh, in their glam metal style kind of stuff. Uh, and a lot of this, uh, Vinny had actually stated, was influenced because Metallica's Ride the Lightning album. Ooh. Yeah, they heard this, like, gotta think, this is the mid-80s, thrash metal, you know. Thrash metal's getting some fucking hits out there. You got Slayer <laughs> and Metallica coming out, and they're just beating you over the head with just awesome (laughs) shit and these guys are listening to it and they're like man we need i want to incorporate stuff like this it's like really makes you want to move uh so we get i am the night uh the heaviest album out of so far uh you get hot and heavy onward we rock down below and right on the edge oh Oh, i love that Dude, if I wasn't already thinking about how their band just makes me think of Batman, totally would be horny. <laughs> I mean, the album of the band. <laughs> I am the night. I am the night. Oh, my fucking God. Are you uh, hot and heavy? <laughs> you want to you wanna ride my love rocket? <laughs> it's the bat love rocket. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, This album actually sells better. They sell 25,000 copies. uh, But it it turns out to be their most costly album as well. So, you know, like... It's like a give and a take. Like, hey guys, we sold more copies than we ever have. But now we're in the hole because it cost us more. (laughs) Welcome to band life. Wow, we made so much money. No, we didn't. Yeah, no, actually, uh, doing the calculations, though, we're actually in the hole a couple hundred dollars. What? No way! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But now, at this point, uh, Terry Glaze himself, uh, he actually ends up leaving the band because he doesn't like the heavier sound. Uh, The best I've heard, the best way I've heard, well, now, this is the thing, the best way I've heard Terry, I've had Terry put, I was able to find a thing that he's, like, your generic Van Halen singer. Like, they're like, he doesn't really variate very much. It's very much like a high-pitched, like, true-to-glam-metal fashion. He was not willing to change. But Vinny and Daryl were both like, no, man, like, this heavier sound that we're hearing, like, this is the shit. Like, this is what we want to start to get into. And he wasn't having it. So, so what I'm hearing split. is Terry is Sam Hagar. Yes. <laughs> Way to be the Sammy Hagar of Van Halen, Terry. Yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty much it. Uh, the boys have a few replacements step in over the next few months uh, just so they can play their shows, you know, keep doing what they're doing. Uh, but no one really stuck with them. That's like they're, 
Yeah, I mean, there were people that would come in and they'd be like, yeah, I mean, it's okay, but it's the same old, same old. And nobody really wanted to stick with them to try something new, so they kept bouncing around. Uh, which, Anthony, that actually brings us into uh, our final hmm. and well-known lead singer that they get. You know, before we get into that, can I just say that this alone proves that time travel isn't real? Why? Because you're telling me not a single fucking time traveler would learn and want to be a part of Pantera. You're, I mean, I would. I would absolutely fucking exactly. love to. I would learn the guitar just to fucking be a part of Pantera. <sighs> Guys, Damn you're going to love travel. this. I'm, I'm thinking of, you know... You know, what if we're, you know, cowboys, but we're from hell, you know? You, I just, I, I'm just going to say stuff. You just nod or shake your head if you, I'm just saying stuff. You just come in with a skull mask and a cowboy hat? Like, I don't know, guys. I'm thinking uh, this might be a thing. <laughs> like, I can just, you're going to have to trust me, guys. Well, no. It's going to work. What would happen immediately is they would go on stage like that, and there would just be a random cease and desist from the misfits. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's our thing. Stop it. <laughs> and you would change the course of history. Uh. So anyway, they meet Philip and Salmo, uh, and he's he's honestly the most well-known Pantera vocalist. He's the one that was with them when they hit the big life, and... Uh, as we'll get into by part three, uh, kind of was the reason it all fell apart too. But hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they brought them to fame, and then fame got them because uh, yeah. they were they were all young guys uh, at this time. They're uh, they're about seventeen, eighteen. So you know, they're about eighteen years old. You know, they're just they're young guys. Uh, now, Anselmo himself was actually born in Louisiana, uh, where his father actually owned a restaurant named Anselmo's. It was a family-owned restaurant. Uh, but huh? Anselmo grew up as the class clown and uh, always found himself getting into trouble. Uh, and actually, I do have uh, the funniest story. I've, I actually did hear him clarify what the story was. Uh, in case you don't, uh, you've never seen it, Loudwire does a thing called uh, Wikipedia Fact or Fiction. And uh, he'll get artists on and talk about their Wikipedia page and have them correct it. And he sat Anselmo on twice. <laughs> and uh, there's a story about that he burned his family home down in a prank trying to scare his sister. Basically, what he did is he had, like, a mannequin and a sheet up. And he had a candle. And he's like, yeah, man, this will make it look all spooky and she'll get all scared. Well, that's not exactly what happened. See, <laughs> the candle kind of caught fire. And uh, did a whole shit ton of smoke damage and uh, fire damage. Uh, at which point, his parents kicked him the fuck out. We're like, yeah, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you were thinking. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but he did say it was at this point is where he started getting into bands, uh, which would be uh, Sam Hain, and not to be confused with Danzig's band of the same exact name. Completely different. <laughs> Completely. He was not with Danzig. <laughs> Uh, but then he ends up uh, getting into the band called Razor White, uh, which a fun fa a fun little story when it comes to Razor White, uh, he talked about uh, at one point he was feeling sick, so he drank a shit ton of orange, uh, vitamin C. And he's like, yeah, man, like, I, just, I was trying to get out there. Like, I don't have time. I'm like, I'm just chugging it, chugging it, chugging it. Get out on stage. We start doing our thing. And I start getting into it. And all of a sudden, I feel my stomach shift. And I just feel an explosion on the other end of me. And I make it all the way through the show and realize that I just have a giant orange stain in the back of my pants and uh these are tight light like spandex <laughs> pants <laughs> there's, oh, there's no yeah. hiding it 
Dude, you know, when I fart and I accidentally shift the blanket and it comes out like that, I can only imagine how stank that shit is in tight ass pants. Just pure vitamin C shit all over. So he he's like, yeah, we got into like a break in the set before we were supposed to go back on. So we went backstage, took his pants off and grabbed a different pair from someone else. And he's like, rule number one, you kids. Never, ever, ever put on someone else's pandic pants, uh, cause uh, I got a nasty little surprise. <laughs> yeah, he got crabs. <laughs> oh, of all the things that I expected you to go with, um, him getting crabs was not one of them. Yeah, he got crabs, uh, cause he had to switch out and immediately go back on, and uh, you know, so that was his warning to all the young guys out there. Uh, but Razor, uh, Razor White itself played a lot of Judas Priest covers, uh, but we're playing some original music, uh, and at this time is when he met Pantera, when Vinny and Daryl and their other singers were on stage, and Rex. Uh, they were all doing their thing, and he ends up actually being at one of their shows, because he moves to Texas, uh, at this time, and he's up in the area, runs into them, uh, kind of hangs out with them backstage, talks to them a bit. You know, the same thing that happened with Rex, where they're sharing some beers, they're bullshitting back and forth, and Vinny and Daryl are just like, I think this is the guy. Like, we saw him work uh, with that other band. It seems pretty all right. And, you know, he seems like a pretty all right guy. I, th- I-, I think we need to get him in. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so in 87, Phil Anselmo is fully accepted into the band of Pantera. Ah, uh, yay. Yes. And with this, uh, they actually have him re-record vocals on their fourth upcoming album because Terry Glaze had left and they hadn't been able to really get anybody to record. Uh, and they liked his vocals. So they're like, hey, man, why don't you re-record our, our songs for here since you're going to be with us? And that is when we God. get the album Power Metal. It's Aladdin 3 all over again. Damn. <laughs> uh, but here we get Power Metal. And with power metal, uh, the heaviest tone that you'll get before 1990 comes out. Uh, this is where they truly start delving into that thrash metal-esque style and start to lose the glam metal edge. Uh, songs on this one, uh, We'll Meet Again, Proud to Be Loud, Death Trap, and Burn, with three ends. Burn. Now, I'm just, I'm just saying, a lot less sexy this time around. Oh, indeed, Anthony, because don't you know, now they're going for the bad boy aesthetic. Oh, <clears throat> I I mean, you know, sexy is kind of like a bad thing. You don't talk about that in public, at least, especially not back in 1988. <laughs> and uh, here they're going for the bad boy look. So they drop the glam look. Uh, they keep the, the puffed up hair for the most part, but they go for more casual. Like they got jeans well, and jean jacket kind of thing going on. I, I feel like they kept it like that because once you put that much hairspray in there, it takes years to get it out. True. Uh, and Rex Rocker. Uh, reverts back to just Rex Brown. Uh, and 
Diamond Daryl becomes the iconic Dimebag Daryl. Now, why does he become Dimebag? I'm really glad you asked. So, <laughs> this is actually a really fun nickname that's given to him by the other guys, because Dime only ever carried enough weed for one bull hit. <laughs> so, the way they put it is they're like, even if you tried to give him more, like he would only ever take a dime bag. The way he put it is, if I can't smoke this and have it gone and not on me, I don't want it. So, Dime Bag Daryl was formed. <laughs> It was a nickname. I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Right? Uh, but the boys began searching for a record label in 88 to help them broaden the reach of their music. Uh, because obviously they know that just going on, you know, uh, Metal Magic Records isn't going to get them very far. Uh, and they like, uh, they like where things are at this point. So they're like, you know, I think we need to put this on a different label. Uh, so they do. Uh, they actually get into Golden Mountain Records. Uh, and these guys had done other country music stars in the area. Uh, and they somehow they got Pantera. How that I, I think it's just more of like their dad knew a guy, got him in contact. And they're like, hey, this is, a, this is a label. They can help you out. So they do. But with that, there's actually a very fucking cool part of history that happens here. There was almost a fucking thing, and it's kind of a shame it didn't become a thing in its own way. Well, pray thee tell, my friend. <clears throat> well, before Pantera became the Pantera that we know, as I've said, with this album... Oh, man, th this is one of those things that's just fucking insane when you actually hear about it. Well, fucking let me know. So, I'm dying. so Daryl, his guitar playing was getting pretty well known once that got more massively distributed, right? Right. Dave Mustaine of Megadeth approaches Daryl, goes, "Hey, we need a new guitarist. We just lost our guy. You want to join?" What? He was almost in Megadeth. Oh my god. He had a complete olive branch extended from Dave Mustaine, who liked his playing. But the reason it didn't happen was obviously, as we said in the beginning, that Vinny and Dar uh, Vinny and Dimebag, like they were never going to separate. They would never do anything without each other. So when he asked him, like, "Hey, I would absolutely love to. I love what you guys are doing. I've been a huge fan of the music. But if you want me, you're going to have to take my brother." And it was literally just wrong place, right time. Or sorry, right place, wrong time. Because uh, they had just hired on their new drummer. So Vinny couldn't join. So Daryl politely declined Dave Mustaine's offer. Wow, that's, that's fucking crazy. Megadeth almost became a whole nother thing. <laughs> like, can we please, for anyone else who's a metalhead like me, just please... Just can we all just have appreciation for what almost was <laughs> Dave Mustaine and Dimebag's guitar playing put together on an album would have been one of the most epically metal things to ever have happened in the 80s. My fucking God. <laughs> it would have changed Megadeth entirely. That would have changed the whole entire history of metal. It would have. No, no Cowboys from Hell. No, there wouldn't have been a Cowboys from Hell, and Thrash Metal would have become something completely fucking different with Daryl behind it. Uh, 
but so yeah, so uh, he doesn't end up becoming on Megadeth, and uh, they continue searching on uh, for different things. Mainly, they're looking for a better label at this point, because uh, they're looking to go into another record. But uh, Golden Mountain, them good old country boys that they are, uh, they don't want to stay with them, and this is why. Uh, this is why, according to Rex. They wanted us to be more like Bon Jovi. <laughs> that just wasn't what we were into, man. That's That was not up our alley. Uh, so they part way with Golden Mountain Records after that album because uh, they don't want to be Bon Jovi. They don't want to be glam hair metal anymore. Uh, they're experimenting <laughs> with a heavier sound. Can I just say how hard it is for me to not to just bl- bl- loudly bleed out Bon Jovi songs? <laughs> I mean, if you want to. No, Jared, you have no idea how loud it was going to be. And, like, I would have... Uh-huh. You, yeah, it would have been so loud. Like, Heather would have been like, what are you doing up there? <laughs> uh, but because this doesn't end up happening, they do get put into contact with a band named Walter O'Brien uh, and Andy Gold of the Concrete Management Group. Uh, and these guys had been going around, and they'd been picking up other successful uh, metal bands and their kind of genre type uh, and finding them labels that would want to work with them. So this is basically their big break. Like, after all the work they put in, they're finally put into contact with somebody that can help get them to that next step. <clears throat> now, here they look at bigger commercial success uh, and not having to produce and sell their own albums. Gold contacts Brian Slagle of Metal Blade Records and talks to them about a contract, a which contract. does not happen. No. Doesn't happen because they request $75,000 for production on the next album. So Slagle declines. Yeah, asking a little, they were asking a bit too much for their blood. Uh, yeah, so, you know. Like <laughs> so they continue to play shows, uh, and they're embracing a more heavy, a heavier, more aggressive thrash metal tone. As I said, after they heard Metallica <laughs> come out with Ride the Lightning. Things started to change, and they were really digging what was going on. They're just on. like, damn, we can do this? Yeah, basically. And it's like, all, they were doing, like, Kiss and whatnot, and then they heard that, and they're like, man, this, like, really fucking gets you moving. Like, this is this is what we need to start going with. So they keep experimenting with that. They're doing their own thing, writing songs that they want to put on their next album, playing them at shows, yada, yada, yada. And eventually... Uh, as of most big bands uh, that ever get onto a label, they get declined by a ton of other labels until one lucky night, a talent scout from Atco Records named Mark Ross attends a show in 1989. Amongst the showing, it was just a birthday party, so it wasn't anything big, but the guy showed. Phil sees him leave mid-set and assumes it's another loss. These are Phil's words. <clears throat> We said, fuck it, man. We played the show, got hammered. The next fucking morning, dime's banging on my door. I'm drunker than shit. (laughs) Next thing I know, open up the door and he goes, yo, we just called by Atco. They want to sign us. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Turns out, Ross had left halfway through their showing, uh, or technically the way they put it, halfway through the second song, because he was calling the studio that they needed to sign this band. Wow. Yeah, that was their big lucky break. Just this guy walking in and being like, these guys got, like, an attitude. This is the future. <laughs> their and team's immediately with attitude. Works. Zordon <laughs> needs them. 
Uh, so Stallman, who's the uh, the lead guy at the production company there, he come, he flies down the next week uh, and wants to see them play. Uh, at which point he puts it, and this is something I hear, you'll hear about Phil Anselmo, uh, whenever you hear about how he plays live. <clears throat> Phil was a superstar, and I catch you. Paired with this eccentric <laughs> guitar playing by Dale, they were unlike anything I'd ever seen before. The way Phil could just engage with the crowd and keep eye contact and then over on the side you have this eccentric over-the-top guitar playing it was simply amazing i love the voice you gave him (laughs) thank you thank you so a contract is written up now all this was to be finalized for the new year of 1990 but it was a saturday (laughs) (laughs) So the boys were out partying when they went uh, when they went back to a friend's house. Uh, they were going to continue celebrating, you know, like this was their big thing. They're like, man, we just got signed with this awesome fucking label. Like we're 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 about to make a new album and we have a bigger label. It's really going to fucking get us out there. Like, hell yeah, they are pounding beers. They are partying. Uh, and when Phil gets back to the uh, gets back to their friend's place, uh, he starts jamming on a fully cranked amp. Uh you can imagine this is like pretty late at night, pretty early in the morning, depending on how you look at it. So yeah. the neighbors weren't exactly happy. <laughs> uh, I 100% believe it. Uh, and cops are called on the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what gets, uh, as Phil put it, an unpleasant altercation with the officers. <laughs> <clears throat> it's like this This story, I. Uh, it's one of those things they don't really talk about what happened. Uh the, uh, basically, the way Phil puts it is that he heard the ruckus out in the parking lot, so he like runs down, uh, gets all the way down there, and he sees Vinny and and Daryl like getting put on the ground. He sees the guy with a baton, and he's like, "Oh fuck this shit!" <laughs> and he immediately jumps in to start fighting. So they all end up in jail. <clears throat> yeah, mugshots and all, they are in jail. Uh, but Atco bails them out and s- to start work on the fifth studio album at Pendago Studios. And they hire Terry Date to produce, who had just produced Overkill's new album that year uh, called The Years of Decay. Uh, have you never heard of Overkill? They're, they're another one of like the thrash metal guys. Uh, they're pretty heavy. Uh, so he knew what he was doing when the, they were like, yeah, it's a heavier sound. Immediately they get Terry Date. He comes in and does what he has to. And this is where we're going to end part one uh, with Pantera. As many of us fans consider to be their debut album coming out July 24th, 1990, Cowboys from Hell, encompassing a new <laughs> encompassing a new metal generation with the boys with what the boys called power groove or groove metal. Uh, fast paced riffs from Dime, heavier, faster paced drums from Vinny. And a mixture of melodic Judas Priest and deeper vocals from Phil, uh, which ushered in the post-thrash age of metal. Damn. So before all that happened, they were just in jail for getting into a fight with a bunch of cops. <laughs> yeah, uh, that'll happen. Which, which for, for, for Cowboys from Hell being the album that was to come after that, there was, that was it was like the most it's the most poetic thing to see. Because Cowboys from Hell, uh, we'll get into next week, and we'll go through the their uh, we'll we'll go through all these albums. 
Uh, but Cowboys from Hell has this attitude to it that they hadn't had before, where it's just these a bunch of guys that are just like, fuck you, fuck what you have to say, this is our shit. And right before they go in to do that, they're, they get into this huge altercation and ended up having to be bailed out of fucking jail by their newly found fucking record label. <laughs> fuck you, fuck my dick. <laughs> fucking amazing. Uh, so yeah, we'll be picking back up uh, Cowboys from Hell when we come back. And uh, we'll start down the rabbit hole of all the shit that happens because these guys were way too young to know what the hell they were doing. And they got (laughs) fucking massive. Uh, So, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, Anthony, is there uh, how do you feel going through part one here? How do do you feel? I feel like I really want to check out uh, Gemini. (laughs) See the blunder years of Pantera. (laughs) I'll will send you some clips. You you can see, you can awesome. see the, this just what this is. <laughs> we are Gemini. Oh God! So to all of you out there, go check out oddcastnetwork.com, uh, Oddcast Network on our Instagram at Oddcast and on our Twitter. And thank you all for being here for one year. You know, and if you're again, yeah. if you're just tuning in, welcome to the fucking chaos that is this show. <laughs> yeah, we um, welcome I'm you. not sorry. I refuse to apologize. <laughs> and if you hate it, guess what? You don't have to listen to it. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, you know, it's a free country. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so Anthony, uh, is there anything you want to tell them about CLC Sandwich coming up? Um, yes, we're doing an episode of something that I used to love when I was a child. You know, it's a really cool thing. Did you love it um, as a child? Yeah, I did. Is I the, read a few is books. It the on stuffed that. animal that you put a hole in. Yeah. No, I never did at the patches. Thank you very much. <laughs> Funny he has a name, but all right. Yeah, yeah, I, I had a stuffed a stuffed Dalmatian named Patch. Oh, I wonder why he got <laughs> that name. Because I'm not original. It was from fucking 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> He's lying. Anyway, um, yeah, we're gonna be going over something uh, very near and dear to me. Not really. Um, <laughs> something you know, every everyone. Everyone knows about it. Everyone's afraid of it as a child. But then you grow up and realize, like, wow, this uh not terrifying at all. The Shadow Realm from Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, no, it's not hell. <laughs> uh, I'll give a hint. If people can figure it out, um, it's oh, 180. Degrees? Maybe. It could be anything else. <laughs> 180. 180. Uh-huh. Uh, also, you know... uh. <clears throat> feel free to hit us up oddcastmedia@gmail.com uh, with your thoughts about Pantera in these early days. You know, what are your thoughts about it? How do you feel? I don't know. Let us know. You know, S- S- send us a picture of you in your best glam metal outfit. That would be fucking amazing, and I would put them everywhere in our social media. I would, I would do it. Uh, but yeah, feel free to hit us up anywhere there. Oddcastnetwork.com. You can even find a way to message us on there as well. So go check it all out, guys. Uh, but we'll catch you with part two next Monday. Uh, Thursday, we're going to have our typical odd chat. Have some fun topics going on there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go and check out the CLT Wednesday. If I remember correctly, uh, it's uh, something about an orangutan. Oh, yeah, just a few of them. Yeah, just, uh, just a few bears. orangutans. Uh, yeah, or bears, or alien, or ghost, or. I don't know. You be the judge. But come check out CLT Wednesday and check out the rest of the shows here at Oddcast Network. Uh, We'll talk to you guys later. Stay odd, stay happy, and Anthony, stop raping patches. 
hey, you be nice to my- I will fucking kill you. You're not gonna kill me, like, it's not my fault that you patch up the hole that just patches. Not the only one who could possibly think that could mean anything, right? I quit. Hey, guys, if you enjoyed the show, you can go over to oddcastnetwork.com. That's right, oddcastnetwork.com. You can go over there and check out the other shows that we're doing. And you can also go check out patreon.com slash oddcast to help support the show. Until next time, y'all stay odd and stay happy. <laughs>